Welcome to the Soul Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. It's official, you guys. We're here. We made it. Right, no technical difficulties. Everybody tune in. I'm super excited about this episode. Um, my girl is here. Kind of introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from. We're going to get all that stuff out of the way so we can get to the good okay. stuff. Okay. So my name is Mally McCloy, and I'm actually from Grenada, Mississippi, which is where Crispin is from. Correct. I didn't just make that up. Okay. Yes, and I own a beauty lounge in Madison, Alabama, MLA Artistry, and it is dedicated to empowering women through services of hair and makeup artistry. I love it. So we're going to give everybody a few moments to tune in. We have people joining right now. I'm going to share from my page here. So if you want to share, please feel free to do so. And definitely, you guys, if you all are watching, please share. We're going to have so much fun tonight. There's just so much to say, so much that um, that she's going to share with us. She is a mom, a beauty mogul, an entrepreneur. Um, she built. Out, I'm trying to figure out how to share this. Walk me through the steps, girl. <laughs> You'll probably have to go to my personal page or either one of my so looks like pages. Okay. And share it on there, and I'm going to share it with a few people. A few groups that I'm in, like here in Alabama, some few beauty groups, because I feel like what you have to say is definitely going to be an inspiration to everybody out there, especially people in the beauty um, industry. I'm so excited because I want to be helpful. There's so many things that I feel like I could have missed a lot of headaches had I known certain things. So if you have questions, if you're out there in the beauty industry and it's something you want to break into, ask questions, please. Definitely ask questions Um, because we're here to talk and interact. You know, this is not scripted. I didn't give her questions before this started. <laughs> so we are going blocks, which is so <laughs> out of my comfort zone. I honestly, if for, for those of you don't know, probably don't know me. This is my first ever podcast. So like I've been watching them like cardio. Like you would think I hate them. I love them, but I'm just, I don't like not being in control. I know, right? It's one of those things like I like to know what's coming. I like to prepare for it. I'm not like a, I'm, I don't like the element of surprise. Like <laughs> Exactly. Well, like but I was telling you earlier, sometimes I feel like I wake up really smart and I'm on it. And then there's other times I need to marinate my thoughts. I can't make complete sentences. So this, I think it was more so that, that aspect of everything. <laughs> I know every day is different, especially being a parent. That's kind of like one of my things. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend a few days ago. Like being a parent is a full time job. Like you don't turn that on and off, especially if you're the custodial parent and the child lives with you 24 seven. So like how has life been for you since you became a mom, since you walked into motherhood? I will say that everyone always talked about pregnancy brain and mom brain. Um, and I always thought people were lying. Like I thought you just don't have your life together. No way. I and then I got pregnant. 
and then it was real and I, I noticed the effects of it but I thought after I had her like life would go back my brain would come back I'd be like mm -hmm. on top of it and then I had her and I was like it's it girl six years later it is still real it is a real part of my life every single day I promise I was telling somebody the other day they were like um do you feel like you were ready and if I'm looking now it's because like I'm sharing this video so um, they were asking me, was I ready for parenthood? I'm like, that's something you will never be ready for because never. it's something different. It's something new every single day. And if you're not ready, hey. <laughs> it is, you definitely have to be ready, I feel like for an adventure. For me, my yeah. daughter was not planned. Um, I was actually yeah. about to move to California, literally really? down to like the two week span. I had told my clients I was leaving. And then mm -hmm. before you know it, I was like, oh, Lord, well, I'm not going anywhere right now. <laughs> and um, but honestly, it was the best thing that happened to me for sure. I feel like I was more grounded, more motivated. Um, so, yes, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise for sure. Definitely is. And that's kind of one of those things I feel like God blesses us, us with kids to kind of slow us down sometimes. And they kind of like say like, okay, our plans are not his plans. Like, boom, here's the baby. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to panic and stop and give up on your dreams? Or are you going to keep pushing and show her like, I'm a boss. I'm a mom. I'm your mom. Like, I want you to look up to me. Like, I'm trying to be a role model out here. And like, life did like a total like 180 after I became a parent. But I do love it. Some days I have my days where I'm like, I just cannot like this whole virtual learning and trying to adjust and work. <laughs> like you know, because I saw this with your daughter like in your salon one day, like on your MacBook, she's doing her little virtual learning, you're doing hair. So kind of tell us how that experience has been for you so far. Well, anyone who knows me knows that that is not, as my husband says, it is not in my wheelhouse. I was not made to be patient. I was not raised to be patient. Where It was kind of an aggressive household. So like for me, I'm just not cut out for it. But, you know, obviously I feel like her education is important. Some days I'm like, do you really need your education? Because I can teach you a trade because <laughs> I don't know how your mama can handle it. <laughs> Like, I can teach you well, how to do hair. Like, we can start when you're young. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be in trouble for child labor. So that was a joke, y'all. I'm not really going to do that. But um, it has right. been a challenge for sure. I do feel like, you know, as a mother and a business owner, you always have to be willing to adapt because things happen. There are so many things that are going to go unplanned. So as long as you know in advance, like, look, at some point, something is not going to go as planned. So mm -hmm. I just need to be open to adapting and changing as needed. Most definitely. And that kind of like adaption and change that you talk about um, makes me think of COVID. And like, how did you have to adapt to your business changing in the midst of COVID-19? Because you're very hands-on. You do hair, you do makeup. So you're right there face-to-face -face with people. Like, did you have any concerns? Were you scared? Or did you think business was like never going to pick back up? For me... Luckily, I built small and, and anyone going into business, I would strongly recommend it. I didn't get a business loan. I paid for everything week to week. So when I first moved into my beauty lounge, I had that that year prior to I was at Sola. So I was renting a room space. So mm -hmm. I had saved up and I went on and purchased like my um, station, salon chair, shampoo bowl and my makeup vanity. Mm -hmm. And then from there, everything that I had profit week to week went into what I needed to get for it. 
And so instead of getting like a 50 to $100,000 business loan, I paid for everything week to week. So luckily, because of that, and because I don't have overhead, I have one girl who booth rents from me and she's like, I don't look at her as an employee. I look at her as a team member. Like I really trust her with everything. And because it was set up like that, COVID, like I can't even complain about it just because I feel like I was in a really good place because mm -hmm. of those choices. So I would definitely recommend that if you you know, are coming from nothing. So you don't get overwhelmed by loans and stuff. You can defer a payment, but at some point you got to pay it back or you're going to have to file bankruptcy. Um, and for me with COVID, I, al I also know, especially, you know, when you've gone through certain things in life, you learn how to prepare better. So mm -hmm. I always keep a minimum of three months business operating expenses set aside in the event something happens. Okay. So luckily because of that, I, I wasn't, too stressed out about being closed and like thinking if it was short term. The thing that terrified me was not having a definitive answer. Like, like how long are we being closed? First off, you're telling me I cannot work. Mm -hmm. We had a six week shutdown where I'm at. And for me, my part of my identity is working. So I feel like I struggled more so with that. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have um, everything event wise was shut down. Um, I would say my business was more affected in the makeup side because weddings, you know, people book okay. their weddings a year in advance. They pay a 50% deposit, which, mm -hmm. you know, that can add up really quick when you have a bridal party. Right. That aspect was affected more so than hair. My clients have been with me for almost seven years now, most of them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look, whenever you open, we're going to come through. Right. We're good. Um, also, a lot of my clients, uh, they have government jobs, thankfully. Yeah. I can't imagine having a clientele that the bulk is in like the food industry or something else right. that has been gravely affected by COVID. Exactly. Um, for me, I would say, honestly, I don't feel like I can really, you know, complain or anything. I feel very blessed during this time. It is a huge headache. And again, it's, it's one of those things that you, you have to adapt. You have to be willing to change things. Uh, wearing a mask and I mean, Luckily, my business was also set up to do by appointment only. That's part of the experience for me because uh, I, I didn't really like when I worked in a salon prior to how everyone was rushed in and out. And then it just very, it felt very impersonable. Right. I think that's the right word. But um, hold on. My speaker is trying to pick me up over here. Okay. And it was kind of very robotic. You weren't really developing a relationship with your clients. Exactly. Because I was rushing through everything because the front desk would book me in a process time that for a service that didn't even fit there. So I felt like the people that pre-booked with me, you know, eight to 12 weeks in advance, it's like, you're getting the short end of me because I, I can't even keep up right now. Right. So when I opened my business, I wanted that to be client experience to be at the, like the top of the tier. I wanted people to feel important when they come to me. For me, the beauty industry is not you know, just about being pretty on the outside. It's about building relationships with other women. And, you know, you can look beautiful, but if you don't feel beautiful, it all this doesn't matter. Right. So to me, I wanted to really be able to invest in my clients in that aspect. Um, that helped me with COVID because most places double book people and you had a, you had a number amount, like a, a limit you could have when people came into the salon after they opened. So again, I feel like I kind of dodged a bullet in that, in that sense, because I was already set up.
to accommodate that. Just a appointment only. So that really didn't affect you, like having to turn down a bunch of people because you never like really overbooked and overworked yourself. Um, so what's one thing you really like about being an entrepreneur, like um, having your own salon as opposed to working in other salons that you didn't own? Uh, being able to control how it's operated to, like I said, to make quality of life trumps everything. And it wasn't even, I didn't even go into on, like entrepreneurship because, oh, I want to make more money. Yeah, I definitely make way more money than making 45% commission. But at the end of the day, I also don't get to just like cut it off. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you take it home with you. And mm -hmm. if you're that, if you're not face to face with clients, like I only take clients from 9 to 10 a.m. to about 4 p.m. hair clients. Makeup, I'll anytime. If you got an event, you got to be ready. I've had uh, bridal parties that have like multiple, like they'd have a ceremony in the morning, one midday. Like the Indian weddings is a huge thing. It's a whole day. I've been up at 3.30 a.m. for makeup. I don't care. <laughs> But at the end of the day, you can't cut it off. You think about everything. You think about what do I need to do next? How do I need to market myself? Um, what do my business reviews look like? Do I need to follow up with clients? Has someone gone through something that I'm just forgetting? Like uh, I try to always follow up with clients when it comes to life changes, divorces, marriages, babies, adoption, um, all of that stuff. So I, I'll definitely say that's, uh, I think sometimes people think when you go into business for yourself, it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. It is not, but I enjoy it so much more than working for someone else, for sure. Most definitely. Definitely keep it real with us. As people think like it's like walk, walks in the park, but you really have to have that self-control to be able to get up early or to be able to follow up with your clients and just kind of be organized and set that agenda. So kind of how, how do you stay organized? Um, do you do all of the booking and everything in your salon or do you hire someone to do that? Kind of tell us how like a day-to-day -day at your salon is for you. Well, I'm a control freak. But no one handles my book other than me. <laughs> and sometimes I think like, oh, I should really invest in someone just to handle that for me. But I know how I book. I know how long certain clients take me. I know what I'm willing to do also from like a mental and emotional standpoint with where I'm at in life. Like if mm -hmm. there's a week that I'm very overwhelmed with virtual school or for instance, that's not even... It's not even a good example because that was really last minute. But when you can plan and I know, hey, for the first month minimum, she's going to be a virtual school. Let me adjust my book accordingly so I can handle everything and be my best self for her, but also for my clients. Mm -hmm. I don't want to show up to work salty because I'm handling too much. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then someone get the short end of the stick when they're investing in me and my services. Most definitely, because people, I feel like when it comes to buying things and investing in services, they buy into the person more so than the product. Like you may have clients that just like you for you. They may have someone that could do their hair just as good, but they continue to go to you because of their experience with you while you're there. Um, like you say, you make it very personal. You shake in with them. Um, if they have a life event going on or something like that. But I like how you mentioned that you try to be your best self for your daughter. And I know sometimes we can lose ourselves in our careers. So um, what kind of motivates you to continue to keep being the best version of yourself for her? Well, uh, a lot of times when it comes to how I raise my daughter, it's in reflection of how I was raised. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things where I feel like there was just a huge disconnect and I did not evolve to the person and the potential that I could have because of certain things from that that time of my life so for her I always want to go over and beyond and 
I am not close to perfect. Like I have to check my temper and my patience on a regular basis. But I think the important thing is, you know, taking note of our shortcomings and making an effort. Oh gosh. Sorry. That just like, did you hear that? My mic just kicked in from Siri on my computer, but, (laughs) um, but I think it's just taking note of our shortcomings and making a valid effort every single day to be better at that. Because, you know, my daughter is not her responsibility or it's not a, a weight or burden she should carry because of how I was raised or things that I feel like they affected me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I need to deal with that. So if I get mm-hmm. a short temper because I'm getting angry because she's not doing something that I was expected to do at that age, like that's right. not her fault. Like I need to check me. Most definitely. And I love, like, love that that's self-awareness. Um, just bringing light to our own problems and like kind of like what, what we could fix as a parent. Cause I'm the same way. Like I'm not the perfect parent. Like, and I don't think no one ever. Nobody is the perfect parent. (laughs) No matter what Instagram or Facebook says. (laughs) Exactly. Because you know, people only post like their good moments. People never post like when something is going bad in their life or if they have anything negative going on, all we see is like, you know, life is good. Oh, look at my son. He's so funny. Woo-hoo. But we're not posting how he's over here getting a whooping for tearing up the house. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we just have to kind of like be aware. Um, I see someone in the comments say, I'm excited. That's a great job. And definitely you guys tune in with your questions. We are here for you today. Um, for those that are just tuning in, this is... Tell us how to pronounce your name because I was having a debate with so many people. They're like, it's Mally. No, somebody was like, no, it's Mally. <laughs> so it's Mally. <laughs> so how Mally came about. So it's not actually my government name, as I say, but Mally was one of my nicknames in high school. And then when I first started waiting tables and I moved to Alabama, I went by Mally. And the reason it is spelled how it is is because my middle name is Lee Ann, and that's how Lee is spelled in my middle name. Yeah. So, and you know me, I always, I always got to be different, but. I know, I'm like, Mallory, 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 Mallory. Okay. So. <laughs> I like to keep it nice and confusing. <laughs> I know. So I did kind of like have us take a look at your work because you've gone some amazing places like with your beauty and your makeup artistry, like New York Fashion Week. That's so major. Like, I love that. That's so dope. How did you land that? Um, let me see if we have a picture here of it, you guys. Is this from New York Fashion Week? Yes. So those photos are, those are behind the scenes photos that were captured. Um, mm-hmm. That's working on just some models. Backstage. I love it. Someone asked the question, what advice would you give a new business owner? Start small starts the the that would be the first thing um start small if if you wanted to backtrack before business before you venture into business i think from a personal standpoint it is very important to break up with any stories you have a lot of times we are the thing standing in our own way in our own self growth because we're so focused on something that happened in the past or something we didn't think we deserved and we like to point fingers at everyone but ourselves and even if your story is true, I think this is important to let that go. And that way you have that time and that energy to invest in yourself and your dream. So you can focus on that, not on how you feel about everything that's behind you. Mm. That's great advice. So like when you started your business, did you 
like wait and stay for a period? Because I know you said you didn't get along. So how long did it take you to really save and get to that point to where you could open your own location and run it and have, like you said, the, the three months worth of operating expenses put back? So it was a very slow process. I worked for a salon. Well, the first two years I worked the front desk and then I did my apprenticeship through them, which took 3000 hours. That's where like, I didn't end up with any student loan debt, um, which that's like a whole nother story why I could not go to cosmetology school at the time, but Look, no I one did apprenticeship. Uh, well, well, I would have been open to it, but I just couldn't because at the time when I moved to Alabama at 18, you know, like I had some family issues. My parents did not want to give me their social security numbers to fill out my financial aid to try to get mm -hmm. into cosmetology school and set up the financial aid or see what I, you know, could get. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out another, another route. So that went the apprenticeship route, which is instead of doing 1500 hours of cosmetology at a school, you can do 3000 hours under a stylist and get licensed and take your state boards that way. Now, oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that. And then I stayed at that salon and did hair there for some years following. Um, when I went to Sola, so that's, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Sola, the little individual salon? Yeah, you know, my, my stylist has a suite in Sola. So. Okay. So that was where I ventured out. I got for that first year, I, I kept track of, you know, my clients that came with me. So that way I could have a good projection what I would bring in minimum the following year to know what I could afford expense wise for leasing the spot. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once I kind of locked in my numbers, I just started investing in the stuff that I knew I would need for the build out with a build out. If you're doing, um, if you're going to go into your own building, you need to be prepared for build out expenses. If they exceed the build out, um, what the owner of the property has, invested, willing to invest in the build out. So I had to have a couple extra grand for additional plumbing. And outside of that, it was really just furnishing the place. So I didn't, I didn't know exactly what the build out looked like, but it takes like six months. They say six months. It took closer to like eight to 10 months. Um, and that gave me time though, working at solo where I could put more back. So it was kind of like a year long, I would say in goal. So has your dream always been to be an entrepreneur? Mm, no, it, life is so funny. Um, you know, I, there are some people that when they're growing up and they're like five, they're like, I know exactly what I want to be. And that's really what they want to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm just like, I remember being so envious of those people because I'm like, oh man, I wish it was just that clear. Like a right. neon sign, just you're supposed to do this girl because life would be easier but would it be as worth it i don't know um for me i would say from a very young age i always felt like i had this this purpose like this bigger purpose i was supposed to do something profound in the world but i had no idea what that meant and then right. you, you also have the circumstances that you grow up in and you're like, well, am I really going to be anything profound? I'm over here in this rundown trailer in the part of one of my family members. <laughs> like, is, is this even achievable? You feel very discouraged. Right. My, my dream evolved when I ventured out. I took a chance, leap of faith. And I just, honestly, I put together a plan and prayed it would work out. And I figured if I invest 
in myself every single day, even if it's not for hair, which is, you know, that was a, a possible plan. It was achievable, an achievable goal for where I was at that place in my life. I figured if, if it doesn't work out, well, at least I've invested in myself for these years. Mm -hmm. So that's going to add value to me in some way. I'm going to learn, I'm going to take something from that experience. Um, and it, it honestly just kind of happened. Like I love makeup. I, I enjoy hair, but I would not say it's my passion. Um, the um, thing that I love about hair is my clients. Mm -hmm. Because when I moved here, I didn't have, like, I literally had no one. I knew one person in Decatur, Alabama. Um, and so when I moved here, I didn't have that family base. And I also wasn't good with my family. So I felt very alone. My mm. clients became my family. And that was also like where I would meet other women that I aspired to be like. So it was mm. also inspirational. And that's why I love doing hair because I see them on a regular basis. It's like girl time, but I also can make a little bit of money. <laughs> time to talk and just time to cope. And, and I love that. I love that you build those relationships um, with your clients. So relationship building is definitely very important when trying to be an entrepreneur. Um, if you don't like to get up here and talk to people and go get it and ask for what you want, um, it's not really set up for you, <laughs> I believe. Um, so like with makeup being your passion, how long, when did you discover that that, that was your passion? So at the end of my stint at the salon that I was working at before I ventured to Sola, I was trying to get more into makeup because I had done a few applications there and I just realized that that is makeup is a beautiful thing because you have this immediate gratification. Um, mm -hmm. You, I have seen clients light up like their confidence, like exudes when they leave. And for me, like when I'm glammed up and I go to the coffee shop, like I'm smiling, my head's high. Like I'm looking at people when I don't have my eyebrows on girl, I swear I'll be like this. I'd be like, uh, I want to be right here and run out. <laughs> yes. So, you know, just for me, I had a lot of issues growing up with self-love and acceptance and seeing my worth. I, you know, I, I went through some stints of like eating disorders, everything you can think of. Like I just really struggled internally with that. So for me, being able to empower women and get like help feed their confidence, like that, that felt like my purpose. Once I experienced that, I was like, this is what I have to do. Like mm -hmm. I got it. And that's sort of why I ventured out because where I was, there's no way I could make any money, let alone living doing makeup because I was making like, 45% of the service, the um, brand of makeup that they carry just was not ideal for event makeup, like the longevity mm -hmm. aspect. So I was having to bring in my own product. Your girl's already broke. <laughs> having to bring in my own product. <laughs> and make 45% of, and they were only charging $45. So girl, what am I, after like, taxes, I'm not bringing anything. Yeah, yeah, like once you count your products and stuff, and people don't realize like makeup is expensive. Like high quality professional makeup is expensive. And that's why people charge the way that they do. Um, so it's kind of one of those things like you really have to invest. Um, so have you done a lot of makeup clients since like post, well, not post COVID because we're kind of still in COVID, but during this whole coronavirus space, are you still like, so, you makeup? as soon as the, um, mandatory closing was lifted, things went back to normal. Um, you got to think about all the weddings that had been postponed. Like mm -hmm. last weekend, was it this last weekend? The weekend before I had a wedding on Saturday, a wedding on Sunday. I've had makeup throughout the week for people trying to catch up like their professional headshots and um, their photos. 
so yeah it has definitely picked up which makes me super excited i love that so in the beauty industry how how important would you say building a portfolio is for the people that don't have one? Do you have a portfolio? Is this how you um, landed like your fashion week? Yeah. So I have like my focus was creating online content. So anytime Instagram is a huge platform mm-hmm. and it's free. Utilize that. I have a portfolio on my website, but I would say a strong 90% of my makeup clients come from online and Instagram, like from Google, like for my Google reviews, where I've also post photos and then Instagram. What I will say about landing jobs and things of that nature is it takes preparation. You need to be prepared. So when the opportunity arises, it does not pass you by because Mm -hmm. if you don't have work to show, people are just going to look straight past you and jump to the next person. People want to see they that's how you're going to book clients. If I see quality work, I'm like, okay, you know what? I might invest. I might invest in a service with her. But if right. you have no work, I have no confidence unless there's like a mouth, you know, a friend referral, like word mm-hmm. of mouth. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. So like that posting consistently and putting your work out there and make sure you're posting your best work um, is, is, is really helping you gain more clientele and things like that. So you mentioned social media presence. Instagram is definitely free. That's the easiest way to connect with celebrities or people mm-hmm. in different industries. I actually booked the guy that um, that's on Million Dollar Beach House on Netflix. He's coming on the podcast next month. And oh, it's just crazy. I was watching it. You know, he, he laughed it, and I put it in my story and like tagged him in it. And he like replied to the tag and we started talking and now he's coming on the podcast. So definitely make those connections with people. Um, always reach out. I took this Instagram masterclass uh, with a friend of mine. She kind of built her followers from like zero. I think she's at like 15,000 now like from the ground up. And she said, don't be afraid to tag people in your work. Um, don't feel like you're being annoying or don't feel like you're being thirsty. She was like, you know, really be thirsty because that's how brands Mm -hmm. see you. That's how different um, artists and different companies see you. So you definitely have to build and maintain that social media presence. Um, Tell us about, about YouTube, your YouTube channel. I saw you did hit a video that hit like 10,000 views. So that's like a major accomplishment. Like I love YouTube work. I have, one, I have one that just reached, I think last time I checked it was 17,000, but it took, yeah. it took forever. Like it is a, it is a long game. You know, new mm-hmm. social media platforms come out. The algorithm is, it's a lot easier to get in front of a lot of people. But once yeah. they have been established, things change and it is a slow game from there on out. That's why Instagram mm-hmm. now, you use all these hashtags. I put so many hashtags and honestly, it's because of the algorithm. Like it, mm-hmm. it, you use TikTok because TikTok's newer and you get in front of a lot, a lot of people fast with YouTube. It is a long game, but I have been slowly trying to build that because I love being able to provide information that may be helpful to people who don't have the resources right. to go out and pay for classes and things of that nature. Yeah, she likes to be resourceful and share knowledge. And I love like you're all about women empowerment and helping other women. And that's kind of one thing that we all have to keep in mind. Like um, there are so many people out there doing the same thing. So if it's something that you want to do, definitely go out there and do it. There are millions of YouTubers. Like I'm on YouTube, but I'm like so bad at it. Like the last video I recorded was like a year ago. (laughs) 
And like I just went through comments last night, like, oh dang, like these people they're showing love. I haven't been saying anything. Um life happens. <laughs> I know it's like look, social media is like a part-time job on top of being a full-time parent. Um yeah. all the time. There's but many days that I don't I don't even want to be on social media. But I yeah. honestly owning a business, I'm like, I have to be like I have to invest that time. Mm-hmm. it does it does get old sometimes yes it's sometimes like i want to take breaks from it but i'm like no you're like i'm out here trying to sell houses let me not get lost in the mix like my mentor always says like if you're out of sight you're out of mind so if people don't see you they're not thinking about what you're doing they're not thinking about the service that you provide um because when people think of houses i want them to think about me and i'm sure like when people think exactly. of and here you want them to think about you um so, so what's some advice you would instill um, in someone that is trying to kind of be more digital, trying to come up like in the social media and digital influence world to grow their business? I would say be consistent and be mindful. So if you know that like, for instance, you want to be known in the real estate world. So a lot of your posts need to include something about real estate, even if it's not something you've sold. So with me, like it may not even be a makeup look I'm wearing. It may be on a client or it may be a product I like. When people hear my name, I want them to think of makeup artistry. Like, oh, she's that makeup artist. Like, oh, da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and so on. So honestly, just branding yourself. Be mindful and brand yourself. And I would say do it every day. Like, and I don't mean post every day. I mean, if you want to do hair every day, you need to invest some amount of time into like teaching yourself new things that can be finding inspiration on Pinterest. It doesn't have to be uh, sitting down and watching a two hour online mm-hmm. course. Sometimes it's literally just going through and like, what inspires you? Mm-hmm. What do you want to try next? Um, things of that nature. So kind of tell us about any obstacles that you faced um, growing up. I know you kind of touched on like you previously had in in, uh, eating disorder. Kind of tell us how you kind of got through that, how you came out of it and just kind of how you got to where you are now to be that person that just loves yourself and want to be an example for your daughter. You know, and I love that you just said that because this is where people see what they see and they kind of run with it. I struggle so hardcore still with um, with my image. Like on a daily basis, I'm way too hard and critical on myself. Um, so it's definitely something I feel like I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. But honestly, for so many years, I didn't deal with my demons. I ran from them. <laughs> and then I realized that, you know what, this is holding me back. I, I can't reach my full potential if I don't let go of some of those burdens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like to the to this day, I cannot have scale in the house. I will get so OC about weighing myself, even though I know up here, the number doesn't matter. But when I see it, I'm like, but I know I ate a piece of pizza the other day. I'm gonna, that's going to put me in a bad place. So I just have to be really... <laughs> I have to be really mindful and kind of set my life up and, and, and utilize boundaries, I would say. Most definitely. I think, um, especially now, it's so hard to get lost in how we look, um, comparing ourselves to people we see online and on social even media. Though, even though you know most of it's fake. It's right. Like, <laughs> and let me uh, not either, it can be Photoshop, 
It can be yeah. cosmetic. And, you know, honestly, do whatever makes you feel good about you. Like, I, I 100% believe that. And I don't believe that it needs to be everybody else's business. I don't think it's any of their business. The only thing that drives me crazy about the um, that social media false image or people pretending like they didn't do anything. Like, you're giving younger women body image issues because they're expecting like, oh, that's normal. That's what I'm supposed to be like. Like if you have something done and you don't want people to know, just don't say anything about it. Don't be like, oh, I've been working out good. Just just own it. Like there's nothing wrong with it. I have a friend. She said she's getting plastic surgery and she's about to vlog her whole experience about it. She was like, Y'all are about to see this transition. Like it's me. But yeah, like that that's kinda that irks me too. Like don't have surgery and then go where you been in the gym and be in there with like a woman on and just act like <laughs> this happened yeah, over. It kills me. It kills me too how people will do like um hair growth kills, but they have all even you know it's because you saw their hair appointment and you're like it's just a lie. And it's giving people this false sense of like expectation. Like that's what my hair is supposed to look like if I take this or like, it's, I don't know. It's very misleading. And I don't like that. Just <laughs> definitely. So like, if you are trying to be like a beauty influencer or anything like that, definitely be authentic. Um, like she just said, like if you're trying to review products on different beauty products and stuff, like just be honest. And if you don't like it, kind of tell the company that you don't and they'll end up sending you more stuff. Um, now I have, Lord forgive me, lied on like a beauty review or something one time. Just because a company like sent it to me and I didn't want to be mean. So I was like, you know, I love it. <laughs> but um, definitely. You learned from it, right? <laughs> you learned from it. I bet you thought about it when you went to sleep. I thought, I bet it was on your conscience. Like, girl, you know, you didn't really <laughs> love that. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of like it wasn't pigmented like you said it was. <laughs> but that's one thing you have to kind of um, kind of be true to yourself about when growing the business, especially when you're trying to be like online and have a voice and be out there. Kind of stay true to your brand. Um, there will be different people that will try to work with you. And that's just like not your client. So do you kind of have like a target client or like an ideal client that you try to market to? Not particularly. I will say that just because of, you know, growing up and some of the things I struggled with, I love working with teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I wouldn't say a target market just mm -hmm. because, I mean, I really love working with everyone. I just feel like I sometimes make a little bit more of an impact on them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that you had like your heart is in it. You have purpose in it outside of making money. And I feel like that's well, when I think that's where the money came from. Honestly, I yeah. I never got into it. And I was like, you know what? I just want to make money from these people. Like, I think people see they can see through fake stuff. It may take a while, but it eventually the light is shown and the true colors are very visible. Right. So I feel like part of it is definitely like people know I care. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it came in because they also because I care, I want to provide the best service. Because of mm -hmm. that, I educate myself every chance I get. And because of that, I'm able to charge what I charge and sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, I love how you mentioned that. So, you definitely price yourself according to what you're worth. 
to like the knowledge that you invest in your business. Um, it's not cheap. So yeah, just don't be one of those people when me and my stylist were having a conversation. She was having trouble out of one of her clients. The lady was complaining about how much her service was. <laughs> but like, at the end of the day, like as a business owner, you can't let people like talk you down on your prices. Have you ever had to deal with people not wanting to pay full price? And you just kind of have to be firm, even if it was like family or friends or anything like that. People that felt like they didn't um, need a discount. Yes, I've definitely had to have those conversations. I feel like anyone in business at some point is going to have to have those conversations because there's always going to be that person that tries to get one over on you. They're just the hustler. <laughs> like They're trying to hustle you out of a service and not pay for it, not because they don't think it's worth it, but because they don't want to pay it. That's uh, one thing that I had to come to terms with is not everyone is going to value my service the way mm -hmm. that some people are. And that's okay. That just means they're not a good fit for me. So if someone doesn't want to pay my prices and they don't see the value in that, that is okay. I, I don't take that personal. When I was newer in business, I did take it a little personal. Like, are you serious? And then you're going to go over here and pay this and then try to come to me to have me adjusted. It's like, no. Right. So just don't take it personal. You have to know your worth at the end of the day. You know what all you've invested. You don't have to tell your clients. It's nice to keep them educated because a lot of times they don't understand what all goes mm -hmm. into it. They think, I swear, I told my husband this. I said, I swear some days I think you think I go to work. I do this in the hair. And I'm like, okay, girl, have a good day. After you find me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, it, is, it is so much more than a hair fluff. Like so much more was invested. <laughs> It's so much more than just like what meets the eye from the outside. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think like people should definitely have experiences or things like that. So in the future, kind of what are your goals like business wise? Do you plan on? I know you like working with teenagers, for instance, if there's a teenage girl that wants to get into like the beauty industry, are you open to having like an intern or somebody to kind of shadow you and kind of see? I would be one million percent open to someone shadowing me and me teaching them whatever I could. The hard part for me though is finding someone that I don't feel like I have to babysit. Like you need to be mm -hmm. self-motivated. And nowadays it is just, I feel like it's so hard in today's society to find people who actually want to put in hard work. Um, mm. And I think a lot of that comes from social media. You know, you see an eight hour color correction that's summed up in 30 seconds on Instagram. You're like, oh, that's achievable. That looks like about two hours of work at $200. Yeah. <laughs> and it's these unrealistic expectations. Like you see someone who is doing better in life and you don't realize the 10 to 15 years past that you just missed. Of like mm -hmm. their losses and their struggles. It's like, and you, people don't always post about that because why would we want to brag? And you also don't want to have a pity party on social mm -hmm. media and bring everybody else down because then you're that person. So <laughs> let me unfollow her because I've had to unfollow people because it was always something negative. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl is never having a good day. Like, mm -hmm. let me like she's bringing my spirit down. So how would you say how important um, are the people that you keep in your circle around you when it comes to keeping you motivated and keeping you positive? Protect your energy for mm. sure. And this is as one thing I would like to say to all the especially if you are in a relationship that you have to stress about certain things, like for instance, part of why I feel like I've achieved this, um, this amount of growth at this phase in my life is because I am married to an honest man and I don't have to worry. Like there's a different type of growth that happens when you don't have to worry about being lied to and cheated on. Mm. Like, because women, 
as women, we naturally invest in whoever we're with and we give everything, even if from the outside, it looks like, you know, we just said, yeah, we ain't taking it serious. We invest everything emotionally, the whole nine. And you, you can't reach your potential if you're so invested in someone that you can't trust because your focus is on that instead of what you need to be focused on. So I think you should definitely check your relationships. And, you know, if you don't be scared to be alone, like I, sometimes because we are creatures, we are meant like we were designed to be with someone, to create a family, to create a life. But sometimes we, we do that with the wrong person because we, we want that. So I think be okay with being alone. Make sure if you're in a relationship that you can't grow and reach your potential, like you either need to be okay with staying where you are or you mm-hmm. need to sever ties and, and do what you have to do to be a better you. You cannot fuel the world from an empty vessel. So be careful where you where you uh, drain your energy. Careful where you lay down and they're not invested in you. Most definitely, I love exactly. one of the things like I've struggled with in the past, like being in relationships and investing in people that really weren't worth being invested in, or they were like bringing me down. They weren't really motivating me and pushing me to my potential because they they just didn't understand. They didn't have it in them. They didn't really have that drive. And um, when people aren't happy in their own life, they will try to bring you down to where they are. Like a person that has nothing will help you lose everything. So we definitely have to protect our energy, um, like you said. So how how do you kind of get a break from like work and from motherhood? I know you said like it never stops. Even when you're at home, you're thinking about like my clients tomorrow. What do I need to prep for them? But kind of what do you do to take a break and kind of wind down and get your mind off of business? I'm still working on that one. <laughs> I am working on it. The other, so it was probably what, two or three weeks ago. When virtual school started, I took off Wednesdays to be able to execute the week work of schoolwork in that day. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was the first week that that started. Girl, I was stressed out by 12 o'clock and I just, I almost had like this breaking moment. Mm-hmm. So I met a girlfriend for a brunch, which we had had it planned because her birthday was the week prior to. It's a friend and client and definitely a woman that is like top tier in my friend circle. I have a couple of friends that I can rely on and she is definitely top tier. So I went to brunch with her girl. We went to have lunch at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. My buddy did not get home till 730. We lived our best life and the, the crazy thing was I did not realize how bad I needed girl time. Girl energy mm-hmm. is so different than like your yeah. man's energy. And that's not in a mm-hmm. bad way. It's just like he needs guy time. You need girl time. Um, it's just different. I felt so free. I was in the best mood for the next two to three days. I was like, man, I need this in my life. Because I, I broke away. I didn't think about it because I was actually enjoying myself in just conversation. And, and crazy pictures and Snapchat and all that. But... <laughs> Yeah, and that's one thing because sometimes we can get so caught up in our work and just so caught up in like, okay, I got to do more. I have to do more. I have to make so much money. I have to do this, this, and that's where we put like our self-care and like things we need as a woman, as a mom, those breaks we need. We put those to the side. And I'm guilty um, with that because I have my kids like 24-7, so I don't really get a break. Um, like since I'm divorced, I really don't have help with my kids. 
So it's just me. So definitely like when you find that balance and find that time, because I have the option to put my daughter back in traditional here in Shelby County, but I chose to have her remote. So I'm like, I'm trying not to complain about it, but I'm like, this close to enrolling you back. <laughs> like full time because it's a lot like my daughter I try to let her be a little bit responsible and when she gets off the video call I'm like Camille do y'all have any work that y'all need to do right now she's like no but when it's like the end of the week it's a ton of stuff that we have to do and take pictures and upload it in the google classroom and check in with the teacher so it's just it's just kind of a lot um I, I like how you mentioned that you have um, a wonderful husband that you can trust kind of tell us your story on him how did y'all meet and um how so, did you know <laughs> it's actually it's kind of that that's a good story we met mm, probably eight years before we actually started dating this oh. last time and I will say at that point um I was in my man hate phase this was during my apprenticeship so it was eight years before we got together so what what does that make it now I'm not good at doing math on the spot <laughs> <laughs> Too much pressure, but I would say it was during my apprenticeship program. I remember that, um, yeah. and I had just got of a very toxic relationship that I was in for three and a half years, on and off. And you know, I just didn't have the patience. I was, oh, I was just so burned and broken from that relationship. But when I was at work, the massage therapist came down. She kept telling me about this. She's like, "Oh, you need to meet Andy. Oh, you need to meet Andy." And I'm like girl, I ain't trying to meet nobody. Like, let me go out and party with my girls. Let me come to work and do my thing and worry about me. Well, right. she finally comes down the stairs one day and she has her phone open and it's Facebook. So his profile's pulled up. And she says, she's like, oh, you need to meet Andy. I'm setting y'all up on a blind date. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then the phone screen came in front of my face and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, well, <laughs> Tell me where to show up. Right. <laughs> so, we went on a lunch date and I would say we hit it off. We did mm -hmm. two dates total. We were about to go out on our third date and he canceled last minute. He swears he told me the reason, but no, he did not. So I was like, he canceled last minute and did not reschedule. So I'm like, so I called him, right? Because I'm like, oh, no, I ain't doing all this in a text. I'm about to get a phone call. So I call him and I'm like, well, when are we rescheduling? <laughs> and, he, and then he was like, well, I don't know. I'll let you know. And I was like, no, if you're not taking this serious, don't even waste my time. And he he even said, he was like, you're so spicy. I knew I couldn't handle that in my life right then. <laughs> so we went our separate ways, but we kept up on social media and stuff. And then um, a couple of years ago, he had started growing out his uh his beard or his facial hair. It was just scruff at the time. And I was like, oh, that looks really good. So I just reached out. And then we started talking from there. He was in Vegas um, at a fight. And he called me. Well, he told me. We had been texting and calling regularly before. But I'm not taking serious because I already knew how the first time went. Right. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to Vegas with the boys. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm definitely not going to hear from you. So oh, I was doing my own thing. And he texts me. I remember he texted me the first day, he texted me the second day. And then on the third day, he calls me. And I'm like, okay, now this is this is crazy. Like, are you good? And he, he said, Well, I get like Friday. I don't know why I haven't thought of this. Do you want to go to dinner? And that was right before Thanksgiving. And we basically were not apart since then. Oh, that's so sweet. So how long after that before he proposed and 
Um, you know, it was like only a year because, you know, (laughs) I'm totally just kidding. But yeah, I would say it was actually, it was not a year. Oh my gosh. I just lied. It was a couple months after that. We were engaged for a year. So that was in November. And then I believe it was in February when we got engaged. We had gone on a trip to, we had gone on a trip to Aruba. Ooh. And I thought I was just getting a good tan and, you know, some time alone with my man, but. <laughs> Next thing I know, like I have a ring. <laughs> uh, exactly. I love that. That's so cute. So you kind of like knew he was the one, like that second go around. Um, yeah. And- I, I also, I, it's so, it, it's really not funny. I keep saying it's so funny, but from that last relationship that was so toxic and Mm -hmm. such a struggle for me to recover from I learned so much about what I didn't want in a man and what I needed in one yeah he he came through with shining colors and I was like oh he's the real deal like everything on my list (laughs) most definitely that's what I feel like like no shade or nothing like that but like with my ex-husband and my previous marriage that just kind of taught me like growing up as a woman kind of what I want like things I want and what I don't want so um mm-hmm. I, I like I saw somebody earlier like I, pre- I appreciate like all my bad previous relationships because it really helped me form that list and kind of set my standards to where I'm not selling myself short or like you said like I'm feeling like I just need to be with somebody because I don't like being alone um mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of women struggle with that they have a problem with actually like having that time in their life when um, when they're actually alone and loving themselves so like what's some advice you would give to someone that's struggling with that like they might not might may not even be aware that they're struggling with self-love issues but they are oh that's deep um so the first year so when i had kagan um and i stayed and i didn't go to california I learned really, really, really quick who my friends were and who my friends were not. And I, that was a hard year for me. It was the hardest year of my life, but it was the most rewarding because in that time, I would say, obviously because of her, it was so rewarding. Um, I had this like little beam of hope every day, but it was just us. I had no family. I had a kid. I was by myself. I worked. Um, I mean, there were some nights that I'd work till 8 p.m., but on most days I'd have to work till 6 so I could pick her up from daycare because I had no one to help me with that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we would go home, and at that point, that was the first year that I started doing hair um, out of my show, which means I did not have a clientele. And then you go from an hourly pay to commission, and you got a commission with no clients. Girl, that was a, a rough year. I think... Um, I profited $18,000 that year, my first year being a mother. Um, so before taxes, what is that, like 22 or something like that? Mm-hmm. And needless to say, I was broke. Like I had my, we had a townhouse that we lived in that I had to pay obviously bills for. I had no child support coming through. Um, it was literally just us. So it was really hard and I could not really do anything, but I also, like I needed, I almost needed to be forced to stay home. And to, to not be with anybody, to not date, to not have those distractions, because I learned so much about myself that year. And, and I learned how, how much I could handle and that mm-hmm. I didn't need anybody. I think sometimes we think we need someone not necessarily to complete us, but I mean, in the end, yeah, but you have to learn how to complete yourself. 
because mm-hmm. no one's ever going to do that for you. Like regardless how amazing they are, you will mess up a good relationship because you have unrealistic expectations when you enter it. So I would say just grow up. You need to pretend to be broke for a year. If you ain't broke, then just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> That's really one of those things. And I admire that you're open about that struggle. And if you don't have kids, you don't really understand how hard it is. And being that I am a mom, and I have had a child and did it alone. And I definitely understand and commend you like as a woman for fighting through that. And like a newborn, you're only getting two hours of sleep before they're up crying and hungry and you're trying to feed them and change the diaper. And so for you to kind of get through that and work at the same time with no help, um, what would you say to, to someone that's kind of dealing with that? They're at the point they're kind of feeling discouraged to the point where they're almost about to give up. The power of your mind is the most powerful thing. It is more powerful than anyone's opinions, anything. So I think honestly, just start with yourself. Start with um, self like affirmations and, and write positive notes on the mirrors if you have to. Like you need to keep yourself in a positive mindset to overcome that you have to keep hope because there are going to be days that you will literally wake up crying because you're so overwhelmed and you don't know how you're going to make it work. So I Mm -hmm. think honestly, just trying to maintain positivity, however you have to do it. There was definitely a time where I would have things in lipstick written on my mirror and little post-it notes in my car and reminders pop up on my phone because that's what I needed to remind myself. Like, girl, you were a badass. You got this. Life is going to be good. Um, right. And like, well, actually, when I had found out I was pregnant and then I was going through the whole process of seeing what assistance I could get, because I knew that person, the other responsible party was not going to be responsible. So I was going to have to take that load. And I, I'm not playing, I'm not playing or exaggerating when I say this. I was shocked at how broken the system is. Because I went in to get assistance and luckily I was able to get WIC for her, but I looked at options like food stamps and stuff of that nature and I was denied. The lady at the office told me that if I wanted to get it, like to get, because I had a friend who got like $600 a month in food stamps. I'm like, girl, I ain't been, I've been eating $2 Chick-fil-A fries in my day meal. And so I was, I was, uh, when I went to the office, I was shocked when she was like, well, you can get it. If you make at that time, it was $1,800 a month gross income. So before your taxes come out or anything like that, um, basically you, you were denied. I was denied. And she told me, she was like, well, I mean, you can just like stop working then. I'm not exaggerating. That was told to me. And I'm, and I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get way more big if I did that, but then I'd be living off the system. So then I become the problem. I become the reason that someone who needs help can't get help down the road. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just invested 3000 hours and in, in trying to create a career. So I'm in, in the back of my mind at that moment, I'm like, I'm going to have to grind it out for at least two years. I'm going to have to ask clients for client reviews online to try to generate some new leads. I'm going to have to do whatever I have to do. And I'm so thankful that I didn't like cave into the pressure because it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard most definitely and i definitely agree that the system is broken um they kind of set you up like she suggested well you could just quit when well i've known people that have turned down raises at jobs that i've worked at before because it was going to cut off their assistance they turned down like a dollar raise because the raise wasn't enough to you know um to 
to balance it. But to make up for what they would have been getting in the system. So the system is definitely broken. Um, If you have to use it, definitely use it. But don't don't get stagnant. Don't get comfortable being on it. Use it as a help. It's assistance. That's what it is. Like don't use it as a mechanism. Right. Like don't get there and stay there. Um, yeah. Use your resources for what you need to use them for. Like, don't be ashamed. Definitely do that, but definitely have a bigger plan. Um, have a goal, a, a bigger goal set out for yourself. Um, so, do you plan on opening any any more businesses, or are you just gonna kind of stick with the beauty thing, or kind of what what's what's the future looking like for you? So right now I am taking a break from in-person makeup classes because I'm putting together an online makeup course. I'm going to have a few different tiers. So one's going to be client friendly. One is going to be for the makeup professional, someone who wants to make that their career choice. Um, You know, I'm I'm still in the form of like putting it all together, but I'm going to include like client etiquette, cleanliness, how to determine face shapes, eye shapes, what works for what, um, obviously products, skincare different looks. The part of the reason that I did uh, Priscilla Ono's makeup course in New York, which is Rihanna's makeup artist. Um, so she's the lead artist of Fenty Beauty. Part of why I did her course in New York was just to make sure I knew everything that I could know when it came, because I didn't have the opportunity here to work red carpet lamp. So when I went there, I wanted to make sure that I knew what that looked like. And I knew what um, you, different applications looked like. And I want to be able to share similar things, not the stuff from her course, but that made me realize like there's a lot of people that can't, like they don't have the resources to fly out to New York for a four day class, pay for the class, stock their whole makeup kit with what is recommended. Um, And there's so many makeup courses online. It kind of like gave me the idea. It's like I could help other people who are in situations like myself Mm -hmm. with that journey. So I'm going to like, I'm in the midst of, putting all that together that's exciting so like after that we'll have to do like a part two of the podcast so you can kind of tell us how your class went and everything so um that's pretty much our hour it has been great it doesn't even seem like it it's been an hour i did not even finish my finish your mind (laughs) um so tell tell our audience how they can contact you or reach you or get in contact with you on social media or book your services. You guys hit her up like her makeup and hair is always bomb. Definitely check her out. Thank you. Um, so my business website is www.mlaartistry.com. There is forms on there. You can fill out for service requests. You can email me directly. My email address is info at mlaartistry.com. You can also find me on Instagram. I have two personal accounts. My professional is Mally McCloy, and you can see the name right under this live feed. And then my business account is MLA Artistry. So definitely reach out, connect. If you have questions, ask me. I'm more than happy to help way possible. Most definitely. And if you guys want to see her come back on the So Looks Like podcast, you just let me know. I do take all requests. We have some interesting people coming up since y'all are here. Um, Next week, we do have a fashion influencer, fashion blogger coming on. Um, The week after that, we have a professional resume writer. So if you're looking to advance your career in the corporate field, definitely tune in for that. I want to say she does the best hair and makeup. Girl, yes. Where are we at? Sarah Kate Little. I don't know if you have any comments. We haven't even addressed any of these comments. 
Uh, so I say oh I wanted to. I did not even see the comment section. <laughs> Someone like to say one of the strongest people I know, Corbin. Amen. Amen. Your attitude is everything. Hey, Jim. Hey, friend. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so sorry that we missed the comments because I was all caught up in conversation. I just I didn't even see the button. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Most definitely. And if you're just tuning in, you can definitely catch the replay. So it will be posted on our page. Um, subscribe on Apple. I will post this on there tomorrow. So if you didn't catch it, listen to it on your way to work or whatever that you're doing while at home in quarantine and being safe. Just search us. So looks like.